Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. I think a lot of it was my understanding of the Christian's view of, of homosexuality and that my Christianity and these desires that I feel, they can't live together from what I saw around me, from my family and from my church and from culture. I just knew that gays hated Christians and Christians hated gays. And so if I was a Christian, which I was, and that's how I was raised and I I wanted that, I wanted to live like that, then I knew I couldn't ever share these desires. And so I think, I don't think there's a conscious moment of me saying I can never share this, but that's, I think I, I intuitively learned that as I was growing up in that kind of context that I have to bury this and this can never, never be found out. Life is a journey and most of it is spent in the in-between, in the middle places. But every once in a while, you find yourself on the other side of something. These are the stories we are telling here. We believe that stories change the world. And we hope that when you hear stories of lives changed, obstacles overcome, lives broken, lives mended, and hope found, you'll actually see yourself in their stories. Now more than ever, we need each other and we need each other's stories. This is On the Other Side. Hey there, we are the hosts of this show, On the Other Side. I'm Jamie Ivey. And I'm Aaron Ivey. And today's conversation is with one of our dearest friends. Yes, on today's show, we sat down with our friend, Zach, to hear his story of life on the other side of coming out. You know, I met Zach a year and a half ago when he came on staff at the Austin Stone. It's the church that I'm a pastor of. I immediately became friends with Zach. He's got such a servant's heart, a pastoral heart. He just genuinely loves people and Jesus with everything that he is. Zach is a 26-year-old single man, incredibly talented and hilarious. We met for lunch one day and he told me his whole story, how he grew up, when he met Jesus, and how hard it was to tell somebody for the first time that he experiences same-sex attraction. For years, he wrestled with how to follow Jesus while also being a gay man. And it wasn't until he heard a sermon that he was finally freed up to choose Jesus over everything else in his life. His story is one of faithfulness and radical obedience. 
Zach has been such a great asset to our family over the last year and a half that we've known him. We even shared Christmas Day together last year, and I even made him put on a reindeer onesie with all the other boys in our family, and he got dragged into our annual tradition of seeing Elf on Christmas Day. We love Zach. Our kids love Zach, and I cannot wait for you to also love Zach. Here is Zach's story of telling us about the first time he remembered telling someone that he was gay. Yeah. Uh, the short version is that I didn't know how to say it. And so I made them listen to a sermon and then let them read my journal entry that I wrote in after listening to that same sermon and then walked away and waited for their response. Who, and yeah. Who was that you were telling? Yeah, it was one of my close friends on the ministry that I was traveling with. Um. Yep. <laughs> and how old were you? It's 20. I think it's interesting that you said one of the things that helped you in your journey of, you know, coming out for the first time yep. and telling someone um, was you listened to a sermon you said by the Austin Stone, which full disclosure, all three of us go to this church, yep. you two work there. <laughs> so just want to say that as well. Yeah. But you weren't living in Austin at the time. You heard nope. a sermon from someone preaching. And I find it very interesting that you heard a sermon on the biblical view of sexuality mm-hmm. and that gave you freedom to come out with your story yep. because I would assume that most people who are struggling with the fact mm-hmm. um, that they are gay and they don't feel like they can tell anyone yeah. and because of how the church has handled homosexuality for years upon years upon years and we can all agree they have not handled it well. Right. <laughs> you then hear a sermon yeah. about God's view of sexuality. Yeah. And that brings you freedom. Yep. I'm gonna need you to explain that to me yeah. because it doesn't actually make sense. Because mm-hmm. in my heart, my emotions, I would assume that it would maybe make you feel less free. Yep. But we're all in here followers of Jesus right. and we know that he brings freedom. So I know that as a Christ follower, right. but I also have known other people walking in your shoes and yep. that doesn't do that for them. Yep. Why for you? Yeah. It's a great question. Um, the The message I heard was not one of <laughs> condemnation, um, and I think, I think where culture, Christian Christian culture, and uh, the gospel differ in a lot of ways, is expecting change before uh, receiving God's love, right? And so, the message that I heard preached through that sermon was that we are all broken and that we are all sinners and that we all have different struggles. And that looks different in each of our lives, um, but none of it keeps us from the love of God. And so what gave freedom in that was um, realizing that that I was no different, that, that I wasn't coming out to Jesus. Like I wasn't coming out to God, like he already knew. And that produced a freedom. He, he knew and he loved me in spite of it. And that produced a freedom that I could share with people around me because it means I'm not second class. It means I'm not ex- exempt from, from his love and his grace and mercy. Um, but that, yeah, like the gospel is good news. Why do you think it was so long of a journey. Why yeah. did it take being 20 and hearing a sermon like that? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it was my understanding of 
of the Christian view, the Christian's view of, of homosexuality and that my Christianity and these desires that I, that I feel, they can't live together from what I saw around me, from my family and from my church and from culture. I just knew that gays hated Christians and Christians hated gays. And so if I was a Christian, which I was, and that's how I was raised and I, I wanted that, I wanted to live like that, then I knew I couldn't ever share these desires. And so I think, I don't think there's a conscious moment of me saying I can never share this, but that's, I think I, I intuitively like learned that as I was growing up in that kind of context that I have to bury this and this can never, never be found out. That makes me super sad. And I know so much of your story. Like that's one cool thing about this interview for me and Jamie is like, you're not just a person showing up, you know, mm. on, on our podcast, but like you're a part of our family. Yeah. You're in our house all the time. <laughs> you show up unannounced. You, you yeah. don't ever have to have an invitation. And I know so much of your story, but every time you tell me mm-hmm. this part of your story, dude, it makes me so sad that you, you didn't feel like you could actually tell somebody yep. for 20 years that, that you were, you were dealing with this stuff and feeling the tension of like, this is what I feel. This is what, um, I feel like I can't tell somebody this Yeah, makes me super sad. I'm so glad that you are on the other side of that now, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you're walking yeah. in freedom. But when I think about that, that part of your story, um, I hate that as a Christian, yeah. as a brother, as your brother, mm-hmm. I really hate that. Um, in those 20 years, dude, did you feel like you couldn't even speak that to Jesus? Did you feel the same way about him that you felt about Christians? Absolutely. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, I don't, I wasn't even conscious that I was hiding it. Like I remember a year before that, when I shared uh, article with the ministry I was traveling with, and they posted this big this blog post about um, that I shared uh, my experiences with pornography, and like to me that was being a hundred percent known, and like I I legitimately thought at that time I was like I am fully known now I'm sharing this, and I look back on that time I'm like that's that wasn't true, mm-hmm. and so I think there's an actual disconnect of of um just like not understanding not coming to terms with this and i and that absolutely played a role in my relationship with christ of i can't like i can't come to my parents with this i can't come to my youth group my school my friends uh, how could i ever come to jesus with, with this hmm. did you feel um i've heard a lot of people express that for many years, the church, um, and I, I, I won't speak to specific churches, but a lot of churches struggled with how to handle yeah. um, people who are same-sex attracted. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, well, if you just aren't same-sex attracted, you'll be a great Christian. Right. How did that work itself out in yeah. your life, knowing that following Jesus does not mean you become straight? Right, right. And I think that's hard for a lot of Christians. So right. talk through what that has been like for you. Yeah, I think I think that was a hard lesson for me to learn is that Jesus doesn't want me to be straight, that he wants me. And I think that is the barrier 
that turns away most LGBTQ people. Because especially like our sexuality, like my sexuality feels so much a part of me. And if there's a preaching that says, oh, you can't, that can't be you, or you can't do that, then it feels like, why would I ever be a part of that? Um, How have you felt in church knowing that this is who I am and I probably most likely 99.99% sure I'm not going to become straight. Right. And I'm following Jesus. Uh, So I traveled with a ministry for five years, came out my second year and then traveled another three years with him. Right. And, and really didn't have a church home because I was on the road for nine months out of, out of the year. Um, And really saw the um, the family of God and my friends um, be the family of God and and be that Christian community for me and I think that was that was probably the safest place for me to wrestle through a lot of of these thoughts and emotions and yeah so I I can't fully like the church I'm at now is um, I feel known and loved and um, that I'm no different from the other broken people that are standing and sitting next to me. Um, but I think at the, at the time, God in his kindness allowed me to be surrounded by just solid Christians uh, to wrestle through a lot of this. Yeah. Which I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for too. Yeah. I don't know how my story would be different. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, yeah. What is the phrase gay Christian mean to you? And what does that stir up in you? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, not a lot. I I know it rubs people the wrong way. And it, I mean, yeah. I don't really care uh, because I understand that my identity is not found in my gayness or my sexuality. Um, that my identity is solely found in Christ. And so that's what I base my life around. <laughs> um, and if I use the term gay, it's the same with coming out. Like I, that's not most of the time when people say coming out, it looks a lot different than, than my experience. Um, but it, it's a helpful term for like me sharing my same sex attraction. Um, if it's, it depends in the context who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to someone who is not involved in the church at all, um, and I say, I'm same sex attracted. They're even like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. You know, right. Um, I say, yeah, I'm gay. That, that doesn't define me. That's not defining my actions and how I'm living, but that is very real to me. And I found something better than that. Um, and that's what I base my life around, not my sexuality. And so I think gay Christian can be a helpful term in context. I think, yeah, I think we should leave it up to the people that experience same-sex attraction <laughs> to kind of set the groundwork for like if they're comfortable sharing that or not. I know people on both ends of the spectrum, but I think it's wrong if if someone from the outside is saying, "Oh, you can't call yourself that," because there's so many layers. There's so many layers you can't. It's so nuanced. It's yeah. so nuanced. Yeah. Is same-sex attraction something we developed in the church? Is that a phrase that's used anywhere else? 
Uh, not that I know of. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm wondering if yeah. that was a, sure. a, if it's a, a kind of a quote unquote yep. nicer way yeah. than to say gay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the term gay implies so much. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's why same sex attraction is used in the church. I think homosexuality has more of a like negative connotation mm-hmm. and yeah. like more of a medical like yeah. mm-hmm. disease type right. <laughs> yeah. like right. essence to it. Um, I know for me at first, I did not, when I first heard that podcast, I did not say, oh yeah, oh, that's me, I'm gay. It took me a long time to like come mm-hmm. to terms and even say that I would say I'm gay, especially like on a podcast like this. But it was years of coming to terms with it, years of understanding that's not my full identity. Then I could um, like be confident in my relationship with Christ and my identity in him and share like share my experiences using whatever terms right. that are helpful. Yeah, yeah. You know, part of your story is you started following Jesus and then you came out and now you're still following Jesus. And you yeah. also talked about how your experience of coming out is different mm-hmm. than other people that use that same phrase, that yeah. same lingo. Can you talk about what it looks like um, to be a gay Christian and follow Jesus? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think in a, in a lot of ways, um, being a gay Christian doesn't look different than being a Christian. Um, and I think that's right. And I think that's how it should be. I think there's different expressions of, and complexities of navigating life and friendships and relationships. Um, and I think you're, um, you know, there's a big, big misconception about singleness that Mm. I feel like is a very big hurdle, um, to, to overcome or come to terms with, or yeah, but, but any Christian, we don't know, we don't know the next day of our lives, right? We're not promised anything. And, um, I think I, in the same way that a single man that's heterosexual has to battle lust and has to battle the idea of being satisfied in a marriage or in a career, mm-hmm. I have to I have to battle these attractions and these desires that lead to sin, um, but aren't sin in and of themselves. And that's that's not an experience that's unique to me. Mm. Um, but there's expressions expressions of it that are unique and so i think i think like the most helpful thing i mean aaron i told you this (laughs) one of the first times we we got lunch was the most helpful thing for me to hear as a man who experiences same sex attraction Mm -hmm. that is a christian is to hear ways that you are battling sin and temptations yeah yeah because that makes me feel not alone yeah in this Absolutely. I mean, we've sat around the fire in my backyard yep. so many nights yep. and you confess something. I'm like, yeah, yep. me too. Yep. My attraction is different, yep. but yeah, I'm, I'm still tempted to look at pornography too. I'm right. still tempted to um, have lustful thoughts mm-hmm. too. And there's freedom in that. Yeah. And for you and I to be able to go like, oh, just because 
your attraction is towards something yeah. different doesn't change the fact that we're called to be Christians right. and to fight for holiness and godliness right. regardless. And I grew up and most of us did where like the sin was if you're same sex attracted, if you're attracted to the same sex, then that in itself, that attraction is a sin. Right. And you're saying it's not, it's not. a sin? No. I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to do a lot of theological gymnastics to come to that conclusion. Um, I think, I think Jesus himself, if he's tempted in every way, you'd have, to, yeah, I don't, I don't know how you could come to that conclusion with the experiences of Jesus, the experiences of Paul, um, and say that temptations and I don't know, there's a lot of debate there. So I don't know how much I want to get into that. Yeah, but what okay. you're saying is what you're saying is if Jesus was tempted in every way, but yet he was sinless, right. then our temptation Right. is not our sin. Yep. It's when we act on that temptation. Yep. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. People are listening, and I think two things are happening. Number one, some people are going, this is rocking my world because yep. I think gay and Christian cannot go together. Right. So I would think, I don't know how someone could be gay and follow Jesus. So you're rocking their world. <laughs> There's also people who are going, oh, so is what he's saying is that my, me being gay mm-hmm then I can be gay and I can live my life and I can be a Christian still. Yeah. And I don't just mean live the life you're living, but I can be in a monogamous same-sex relationship. Sure. You haven't said that, but I know some people are going to be going, oh, he's saying what I want to hear. Right. So what is the difference between what you're saying and what some people might hear as God would be okay with me being in a monogamous same-sex relationship? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, it's a great question. I think it's a really hard one to navigate. Um, but I, I think I'm going to go back to what I said earlier: is that is that we can't we can't expect change before the gospel. But change is a result of the gospel, and obedience is a result of of experiencing the love of Christ. And so, um, in I want to be careful because because I don't i'm not saying that if you love god that you're going to be straight um but if you love god you're going to obey him and that's going to look like um pursuing holiness in your sexuality in accordance with with the scriptures and so i i would be fearful that that someone would take my story and my words and use it to justify living a sinful life um, 
And my hope is that you would hear this, know that you're loved and that God wants you, period. Mm -hmm. And let that, like dwell on that, meditate on that, live in that freedom and let that produce change in your life. Yeah. I mean, you know what you're saying though is like very counterculture. Yeah. Like you are attracted to men. Yep. And you're following Jesus. Yep. And you are not in a monogamous same-sex relationship. Yes. And you're deliberately choosing not to for the yep. rest of your life. Yep. Most people are like, I don't understand why. Right. Why would you do that? Right. I think they would also ask, I don't think God would ask you to do that. Sure. And what do you say to that? Yeah. Well, I've I've had people say that. I've actually had a long conversation with with a gay man that wanted the best for me. And it was a very, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't condemning me or yelling at me. It was, it was like genuinely out of care for me and out of past hurt that they experienced that they were saying like, I don't like want you to have to live in that loneliness and that depression of never having a, a relationship. And my response is that <laughs> I'd ask you not to feel something for me that, that I don't feel. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the counter to that is, is I have a family in the body of Christ. I have relationships that are filling that. Why? Like, why would you say I'm, I have a same-sex attraction and I'm following Jesus yeah. and I'm going to deliberately choose not to be in yeah. that relationship, which means... Right. Not getting married to a man, right. not being in a relationship with a man. You're essentially saying mm-hmm. like that's my, that's the that's follow that's the cost of following Jesus. Yep. Why? Yeah. It's cuz I've found something better. And I think like I've found something which is my relationship with Christ to be the most satisfying thing. Um and I'm I have plenty of friends that are married. I have plenty of friends that are having sex. I am aware that at the end of the day, it's those things in of them of themselves. It's not going to satisfy them. Um, and I don't. I don't want to say that it is easy to navigate, or even to come to terms with the fact that I probably won't get married, and I absolutely won't get married to to another man. But I have found something that that is like worth that. And my relationship with Christ has been the most fulfilling and satisfying thing in my life. And there's no reason I wouldn't pursue him above pursuing any other desires that I have. Man, you told me a story uh, that happened a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. You and some friends were at Zilker mm-hmm. and just hanging out in the yep. circle. And Zilker is a, a beautiful park downtown Austin. That's just awesome. And there's people yeah. working out and running and playing frisbee and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. you told me about a conversation that you had with, I think it was two gay guys yep. that weren't believers. Right. And conversation got kind of started mm-hmm. and they were just absolutely floored by your story yeah. of, yeah, I, I experienced same-sex attraction too, mm-hmm. um, but I'm following Jesus and here's what it means to follow Jesus with that. And they looked at you like you were an insane person. And you told me that they said to you, bro, I am so sad for you that you're missing out on how God made you to be and and all of that. Can you 
tell a little bit of like what you yeah. would say to them, yeah. like what you said to them in yeah. that moment at the park. Yeah, it was it was really cool because there was great empathy from them and a desire for for um, like fulfillment that like they didn't want me to be hurt or depressed. Um, and I actually genuinely felt cared for through that, um, even though I would say their conclusion was wrong. Um, and my response was, <laughs> was I live 24 hours from my family. I live in a city where I can express my gay sexuality and be in plenty of churches. Uh, I don't have to be at the church I'm at. And I have no reason to lie to them. Like I, <laughs> there's no reason for me to, to sit here and BS you that, that, you know, this is better when it's, when it's not like my, my argument to them was, was I, I'm okay. I'm doing well. And I'm not, it's not that I don't struggle, but I've found that Jesus is worth this. And I appreciate your concern and your care. Um, but don't, don't feel something for me that I don't feel for myself. Hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, you're so right. You do have options. Yep. You have options here in the city <laughs> of Austin. You can find a couple of churches in town that are like, great, you experience same-sex attraction and you can live the lifestyle yeah. and you can follow Jesus. Yep. And uh, I think that's, I, I've, I've wondered so many times asking you, and I've asked you this point blank, I'll ask you with the microphone now. <laughs> do you think that because the church has so idolized marriage that it's made it even harder for you to come to terms with, oh, marriage isn't the ultimate thing? Like has the idolization yeah. of marriage made it harder to be a same-sex attracted man that follows Jesus and pursues holiness? Absolutely. Yeah. We we don't have a context for what it means to live a single celibate life in, in the Protestant evangelical church. Hmm. Like there's just no, there's, I mean, there's just no examples. There's no, yeah. or very few. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. And so it makes it extremely difficult to to even start to picture that because there's no examples of that. Even though if we look at scripture, we have Paul who wrote most of the New Testament yeah. as a single man who, I mean, some of the words he says are, are very encouraging of singleness. Yeah. And somehow we yeah. skip over that yeah. in, in church. And, yeah. yeah. And our savior was a 30-year-old single man, the yep. most content and happy person on the planet. Yep. The most fulfilled human ever. Uh, you and I talked about this. I interviewed Rachel Gilson for mm -hmm. my other podcast. And um, I read her book. It's called Born Again This Way. And she has an entire, almost an entire section mm -hmm. in there on what we as married Christians can learn from single Christians who are same-sex attracted. Yep. And everything you were talking about just now, what, um, and, and again, you live a very full, joyful, happy life. We know that because you said it and because we spent a lot of time with you, we yeah. can see yeah. that. Um, but also there is a cost to that. Yeah. Like there is a cost to your obedience. Mm. And I was talking to a friend the other day and I was actually telling her about Rachel because I can't stop talking about her. Yeah, And I said, you know, after I got done with her interview and after I got done reading her book, this makes me almost want to cry, but I don't know that cost. Hmm. I don't know that kind of obedience. Hmm. We see it all throughout the scriptures. We see people like you just mentioned, Paul. Um, does that feel like something hmm. you think about every day? Or is that more just, do you think about the weight? Yes. 
Ja. Um, yeah, I think I think part of what you're sharing is is a result of American Christianity in in the way that we've created a way that we can pursue Christ, quote unquote, and not sacrifice anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think as our country becomes more polarized and Christianity, even like within Christianity becomes more polarizing on topics um, that we're just going to experience that more. And we're going to have to um, <laughs> side with the Bible over political sides. And we're going to have to side with the Bible over our feelings and emotions and side with the Bible over our comfort. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's mm. definitely a thing that mm. I think about a lot. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. So a couple of nights ago, um, you were in my driveway, you and I were having a conversation mm-hmm. and if you're listening to this podcast, you, and you're starting to realize me and Zach hang out a lot. Yep. <laughs> Wait, all three of us do. All three of us do. But we just love every, mostly, every, yeah. every single second of being around you. Um, mm. but yeah, what, to what Jamie was saying. Um, you, you had told me about something right now in your life that you're having to sacrifice. That's really hard. Um, because friendships, relationships are hard to navigate and you were real specific. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're having to sacrifice and give up more than somebody who is not same sex attracted? Hmm. I want to say, I want to say yes, but I don't actually think so. I think, I think, I think the implications feel weightier, um, but I don't think my sacrifice is actually more. I mean, I think it would be pretty naive of me to say that. Um, I know a lot of people, and I know <laughs> stories in scripture enough to know that what I'm sacrificing is minuscule compared to sacrifices of, of Christians even around me, but even more so around the world Mm. and throughout history. Mm. Yeah. You know, as you say that um, we, Aaron and I both are like for kind of dismantling this um, idolization of the nuclear family within churches, because Although God has created this in our life as husband, wife, and four kids, it's not always like that. Um, and you, you, you said it so well earlier. So this is American Christianity that you go to college, you get a job. Mm-hmm. If you live in the South, you're married by 22. Yep. You have a couple kids, and you live happily ever after. Yep. And you get a minivan. And right. you get a minivan. For <laughs> most definitely, you get a minivan. Um, and so I, I'm trying to dismantle that in my own head as that not being like God's quote unquote best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know in the scripture it's not. I know my friends who are single that it's not. As much as I'm trying and as far as I've come, um, I even find myself sad hmm. for you. I think I just want to be honest yeah. and say as much as I'm trying to say, and even when you're talking about like marriage satisfying, I'm like, we've been married for 19 years and I'm often dissatisfied with Aaron. Right. 
You know what yeah, I mean? Right? And not even yeah. in like, I'm mad at him. I'm just saying. I can't do it. He can't like, do yeah. it. Like, why do I struggle with anxiety? If, if Aaron did it for me, why am I anxious? Why would he struggle with depression right. if I could complete him? Right. And so I know those things in my head. Yeah. Aaron doesn't complete me. Marriage is not the ultimate goal. Marriage is not the best blessing. Yeah. And yet I still find myself sad. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel when I say that? Yeah. I I appreciate the empathy. I do. Yeah, I think, but I think the difference is um, where a lot of people feel that, what you're feeling, and they go, so the answer must be for you to, it, it'd be okay for you right. to be into a, mm-hmm. a, a same-sex relationship yeah. because I don't want this. Uh-huh. I don't want that sadness yeah. for, for you. Um, I think the difference is, is that you, at the end of the day, you fall back on scripture. For sure. And, and God's design for sexuality and fulfillment. And mm. it's true because we all here believe that obedience to Christ is, I think at the end of the day, all of us would sacrifice anything yeah. to be obedient. I mean, I don't say that to pat any of us on the back, but all three of yeah. us love Jesus yeah. a lot. Yeah. And I'm as I'm saying that, if you were sitting across from us and you were married to Julie, but you didn't love Julie anymore and right. you wanted to marry Sarah, sure. there's no way we would go, we feel so sad for mm. you. Right, yeah because you're not happy with Julie. Right. You should right. leave Julie and go marry Sarah. You know what right. I mean? And right. so we're looking, it's the same It's the same scenario. Yeah. Yes. We're asking someone to chase the fulfillment of your fleshly desires. Yeah. Yeah. Or attraction. Your attraction, yeah. whatever that might be, heterosexual or homosexual, over the obedience of scripture. Yeah. Um, I know we'll say this at the end, but um, I'm so happy hmm. that you are our friend. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. Um, Me too. Because I learn so much from you, mm-hmm. and I just enjoy having you around our house. And so, I think my next question for you is this: Is um, you had Christmas dinner with us last year? Yep, <laughs> you went, that's great. You, Zach was in a reindeer costume yeah, that is downtown true. Austin, that is going true. to see Elf at you, Alamo Draft House. You went yep. through our whole. Family tradition. Hey, if that's not like a, a true test of yeah. whether or not uh-huh. you're a part of this family, yeah. I don't know what yeah. else that is. A, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I barely knew you then. Yeah. And Aaron, it's not it's not odd for us to have extra people mm-hmm. at our house in general and then especially on holidays. Yeah. There had not a Christmas dinner we haven't had extra people. So you came over and we gave you a reindeer suit and said, yep. put it on, we're going to Elf. But <laughs> That's exactly how it happened. That's <laughs> exactly how it happened. And you said, okay. Yeah, yeah. here I go. Um, you mentioned family yep. and your your um, biological family lives 24 hours away. Yep. Um, you do not have any like legit earthly family yep. here in Austin, Texas. What is it meant for you to have friends that are like family? Yeah. Uh, it's necessary. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I I could not live this out in a way that honors God without the family of God, without my friends that are (laughs) up late at night talking through really hard things Mm -hmm. that are pointing me to Jesus um, and that necessarily don't have answers, but are just with me in in the battle. Mm. Um, I don't, I can't express what it means that to be welcomed into your family. It's been, (laughs) I, I can't think of another word, but necessary. Yeah, yeah. So you're just Zach. 
to mm-hmm. us, right? You're not Zach who is same-sex attracted or gay Zach. Right. You're you're just Zach, you yeah. know? Um, our kids, we've never had the conversation, and mm. I don't think that you have, that you experience same-sex attraction. Mm. Our kids are, you know, 16, 15, 14, uh, 13. Yeah. Is there any fear from your perspective mm. of like, sitting them down and saying, here's my story. I want, I want to tell you what, mm. what God's been doing in my life. And I experienced same-sex attraction. Mm. Is there fear or is there like, do you see it as excitement and opportunity to tell your story? Because our family sure. is so tight-knit. I've just never asked you that question. Yeah. And I'm curious. Yeah, there, there would be no fear on my end uh, because I love each of your kids. Uh, and um, there's a relationship there. And so... Yeah, there's there's no fear in 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 sharing that and yeah. Good. There shouldn't be. Yeah. None. Yeah. Do you fear other times? Yeah. What does that look like and who makes that fearful for you? Um, I think one of the real one of the things I realized was that I subconsciously like gauge in every conversation, um, well every every like serious conversation whether a person is safe or not. Hmm. Um, and I think... <laughs> that sounds exhausting. Yeah, yeah. One of, one of the, I know this is not everyone's experience, um, but for me, it is easier to share my same-sex attraction with non-Christians than it is Christians. Dang. Wow. Because I don't know how a Christian is going to respond. And it it's exhausting to have to share something like like the ways that I'm sacrificing to pursue Christ and have a Christian respond with, oh, I'm really sorry, you should pursue those desires. And it, it makes me feel more isolated. You mean a Christian who would be affirming towards your desires? Correct, correct. That's harder than a Christian who would go, well, there's something wrong with you. You should be straight. Yeah, which one's harder? Hmm. <laughs> Um, the the latter don't really talk to me. <laughs> okay. Hmm. So I. Or so if you were I to share really your that. story and you think someone would think that they just you would never have another conversation. Um. So I can't say that I've had that conversation. Okay. I've had people. I, I shared my story while with that ministry I was with, um, probably fifty times across the U.S. through a through a spoken word, and I had people come up to me with all kinds of different responses. And so I've had the response of like people saying, oh, I feel like you said God hates me and um, hates the way I am. And you're like, I never said that. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, But I don't, the overwhelming majority was not hostile towards me. And I think most of the time people that are hostile don't have proximity. That's probably a Mm. good, yeah. yeah. So you're saying what your fear is that someone is going to look at you as a follower of Jesus and go, you deserve and you can live out those yeah. temptations. Yep. Um, so at our church, mm-hmm. you are on staff. You're an incredible leader. Um, you're discipling people. You are uh, a part of this really cool thing called brunch, which is something that meets every weekend, um, just a community of mm-hmm. men and women who experience same-sex attraction and yeah. straight people invited into that too. It's become this really yeah. cool community yeah. of brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. that are just helping push each other towards 
holiness. And I love, dude, so many conversations with you revolve around, yeah, I just met this guy who wants to get connected to our church. And he just yeah. opened up and shared that he he was really nervous about telling somebody that he's yeah. same-sex attracted. And then you were able to tell your story. Can you talk a little bit about how you've seen God use mm. this part of your story in your life yeah. to actually help people follow after Jesus? Yeah. I mean, the reason the reason I said yes to even this um, was because <laughs> I have seen God use my story in ways that I would never have imagined. And that has led to to me being obedient and saying yes to this. If it's, I mean, this is not the most comfortable thing for me. <laughs> I'm shaking here, you know, you've been talking and you're two of the closest people in my life. And and so I, I think I think because of the ways that God has used my story, um, it's built up confidence to to be bold and to share. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think and I share this as I think this is our role as same sex attracted Christians within the church is that is that we will need to lead in vulnerability. Hmm. And I think every time I have, not every time, but in the times when someone has opened up to me and come out to me, um, it has been because I led in vulnerability and I led sharing my story, giving them the option to reject me or not, or to say things that are hurtful or whatever. And they, they get a chance to respond with me too. And then I get to say that there's a place for them at our church, there's a place for you in the family of God. You're not outside of God's love. And um, yeah, it's been one of the, the coolest experiences and it's worth the awkwardness and worth the the fear that I have, any fears that I have in sharing. Man, what you said is absolutely true. And as your friend, I'm telling you, I have seen God use mm-hmm your same-sex attraction to lead out in vulnerability. Yeah. I went to one of y'all's brunches. Mm-hmm. It was during coronavirus, so mm-hmm. it was over Zoom. Yep. Um, but you invited me to come to it and I loved it. I think there were maybe 10, 15 yep. people on the Zoom yep. call. And what you're saying is exactly right. I told some other friends uh, afterward, I was like, that's the most honest, vulnerable, and safe yep. place. Uh, any small group, any missional community group, any whatever you want to call those things, yeah. right? that felt the most honest and the most safe. And I think it's because God's using this part of your story to lead out in being vulnerable. Like you lead me to be more vulnerable Mm -hmm. and to make more sacrifices and take more risks and being daring about what's going on with me, honestly. Um, Did you see that coming for you? Because when you were 20, you didn't tell anybody that you even had these thoughts, right? Did you ever see it come into a place where that thing that you were trying to hide actually became the thing that's the fuel for you sharing Jesus with people? Never. No, I I mean, it, it is funny because I, I look back and it was such a moment after I came out. It was like, great, that's out of the way. Mm. Never have to address that again. Um, and would never have guessed that I would share my story on a stage or to people I never knew or um, even in this platform, like never, never saw that coming. We're gonna play a clip of your spoken word. In my life, acceptance was never the issue. Good Christian kid, leader of the praise team, I became what they expected, but that's easy when it fits you. 
I have a great family. Me and my siblings were active in the church, known by everyone in the community at school, even at my parents' work. I got good grades, went on mission trips, and served. You see, early on in life, I learned who they preferred, that, that version of me that had everything together, that knew all the right answers and always said kind words. Look at Zach, man. He's got it all figured out. The porcelain poster child perfectly prepared while the rest of us seemed to doubt. Yeah, that, that was me. Well, at least to them, that's who they accepted. So as time went on, I got good at the lie. Neither my friends nor my family knew what it was that I struggled with inside. At a young age, I realized that my struggle, it wasn't the same. Theirs was always sexual immorality, but they gave mine a whole list of other names. In youth group, the ladies were pink and the guys were blue, and they always warned us, there better be no purple because we're watching you. But just like a painter trying to capture the perfect color of the sea and my desire for blue, I wondered why you would ever want to add pink. I quickly learned that we spoke different languages, but we used the same words. Lust was a universal struggle for all of my other guy friends, except for them, it was always about girls. Now, my struggle isn't that I'm attracted to the same sex. My struggle is how do I honor God in my life with this sinful desire breathing down my neck? Because my whole life, all I've ever heard is that people with same-sex attraction don't belong in the church. They say that the church is a safe place where the broken can come to break, a place full of people that you can trust. But that was eventually followed up with, yeah, we're all broken people, but they, they don't break like us. I didn't choose this. And I don't spend my life trying to pursue it, but it paralyzed me thinking how they would respond if all of my loved ones knew this. So I didn't afford myself the luxury of confession. Instead, I reinforced the person that I knew they already accepted and perfected the craft of misdirection. Cleverly worded versions of my testimony served as vulnerably performed protection for the one thing that I decided that they would never know, that that porcelain poster child had been shattered a long time ago. Spent the next years of my life going through the motions. Part of me wished someone could tell that something was wrong, but how do you make them believe you are drowning when you're nowhere near the ocean? You don't. I began to feel hollow, drifting, lost at sea, but even worse than that, I I felt like God couldn't even use me because my whole life, all I've ever heard them say is that you can't be a Christian and also be gay. That small sentence would build such a lonely cage. But it was there. In that place, that vacant, empty space, a room where I kept my secret, a room without keys. The only access requires retina ID, so the only face those walls ever saw was me. It was there in that room where my life changed. I went there to struggle one day like thousands of times before to wear the loneliness of being unknown to make sure that my secret was safe and to double check that I locked the door. But as I approached, I froze. Paralyzed by fear, I realized that something was different. I realized that someone was here. The door was wide open, but I couldn't walk in because whoever was inside that room now knows my deepest, darkest sin. They know that I'm a liar. 
They know that I'm a fake. They now know that Mr. Perfect YouTube kid always has his life together. Zach actually struggles with same-sex attraction. And if I become fully known, I'd be fully rejected. My heart sank and my head fell. But that's when I saw it. Scattered on the floor, three pieces of metal and blood-covered thorns. I went in to see what had gone wrong, and that's when I saw him standing there waiting. And as I looked around, I realized that my secret, my secret was gone. Then he spoke. And he said, Zach, why are you hiding your struggle in here? Who are you hiding it from? There's been evidence that you've been broken for over 2,000 years. And, and losing acceptance, that's the root of your fear, Zach. What you kept in this room sent me to the cross, but it was my love for you that kept me there. He said, I wanted you just as you are. I accepted you when you're broken, confused, and scared. Even at your lowest point, you are never alone. And he said, I understand your fear. I became completely rejected without ever being known. Do you know how it feels to be absolutely rejected? To go to the cross for the same people that nailed you to it. To hang there as your father turns his head while people mock and spit at you. Zach, I became completely rejected so that you would never have to. You are not accepted because of the things that you have done. You are accepted simply because you are my son. Spent my whole life trying to hide something that Jesus exposed about me over 2,000 years ago the fact that I am broken. Every human being has the desire to be fully accepted and fully known. We need only to look to the cross of Jesus to find the evidence for both. Zach, I, I know that you have a fulfilled church life as well. You work at our church. Yeah. You feel very safe. You feel honored. I would guess that a lot of people who are same-sex attracted do not feel that same thing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they have not experienced kindness from people who would call themselves Christians. Yeah. Um, what has been the difference and what do you experience from Christians who are not gay? I think... I think the difference is that I don't know. That's hard. That's hard for me to answer because I, I I haven't really experienced the hatred. You've never experienced it from Christians. Not really. I've like disdain is probably the closest word I could get to of what someone has shown towards me. I'm okay. So well, then glad. I'm so glad I'm so and glad I'm so shocked as well. Yeah. Then maybe I can ask this. Yeah. I see hatred online. Yes. I see hatred in the media yep. from people who would call themselves followers of Jesus. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel for those people who are experiencing it? Uh, incredibly sad. Yeah. I mean, the place that should be safest to wrestle through 
attractions and confusion and hurt um, should be the church. I mean, the, the church has done a very, very poor job of handling this topic. And what same-sex attracted queer people need to need to hear or need to have is not the church's stance on homosexuality. It is a relationship. And yeah, that makes me, it makes me sad. I have cried many tears for my brothers and sisters that transgender, that are queer, that are gay, that would walk away from the church um, because of hatred, because of not feeling safe when that is not the heart of Christ and that should not be the heart of, of his church. So now that you're on the other side of like actually coming out and following yeah. Jesus, how does the church do it better? You said it's done it poorly, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. How does it do it better? How does it truly love people in our city from all different types of beliefs and thoughts and attractions and specifically with this topic, right? Of same sex yeah. attraction. How does the church do it better, man, to love while also still speaking the gospel and the truth of Jesus calling all of us to lay down our lives to follow him? How do we do it better, man? Yeah. I think I think relationships and proximity is huge. Mm. Yeah. There's I think that's a really good place to start. Mm. Um, and I think in tackling the the idolization of marriage and like the American dream within Christianity, like we need to share, the church needs to share the ways that it is hard and the ways that they are sacrifice, sacrificing for the sake of, of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, because I mean, we can't we can't paint a picture of comfort and ease in Christianity um, through a monogamous uh, opposite sex marriage and expect um, our LGBTQ brothers and sisters to feel loved and safe. It just won't happen. Um, and so I think leading and sharing vulnerability in the ways that it's hard to follow Jesus, mm. um, but in the ways that it's worth it and to have relationships and proximity with people that are different and have different struggles than you. That's good, man. Yeah. Um, you inspire me, dude. Mm. You challenge me. My life is better because you're in it. Um, And it has everything to do with just the fact that you're Zach. Mm. You're Zach, my friend. And every time you've been honest and every time you've, you know, told me about what you're learning in the scripture, I'm really challenged, dude, of like, okay, am I following Jesus with my whole heart? Am Mm. I willing to sacrifice and risk anything to obey him and treasure him as the, as the best. And I just want you to know, man, I I see God using you in your singleness more than I see some of my married friends using their marriage to glorify God. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like one is better than the other. And you are proving that right in front of our eyes and our community's eyes. God's using you like crazy 
in singleness. And um, I just, I love you. I respect you a ton, man. I've told you this a ton without a microphone, um, but all the things that God has like done in your story is meant to be used like for your good, for sure, because you're you're one of the most content and fulfilled and yeah. joyful people I know, but you're also, you're leading so many people in our church and in our city to actually embrace, hey, it's okay um, to be same-sex attracted and follow Jesus with your whole heart and give everything to him because it's worth it. Yeah, You're doing that, man. And I'm just so proud of you as a brother. Proud Thank of you, you as a friend, man. Thank I you. agree with all of those things. Um, also, I don't think I've ever told this uh, story publicly, but about five years ago, I um, stood on my front porch of this house that mm-hmm. we live in right here. You've stood on that front porch there. And I literally prayed, God, would you bring somebody into my life that is gay? You just said proximity and relationships matter. Yeah. And I'm here to say that since that prayer, I um, have several people in my life who are gay. And um, it has shown me more about how to love people who are different than me because of proximity and relationships. And so just like Aaron said, we love you because you're Zach. I also want to know that your, your differences from us that make us all better. And I hope that our differences make you better and that we can all sit here and look at the gospel and want to be more like Jesus, yeah. even though it's different. Zach, thank you for talking with us about on the other side of coming out. And um, we're your biggest fans over here. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Um, we'll figure out what costume you're going to wear for the next uh, <laughs> elf showing on Christmas uh, Christmas Good. Day. Good. So I'll get back to you. Looking forward to it. Love you, man. <laughs> Love you guys. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Oh my gosh, Aaron, I remember when we sat in my tiny house and and interviewed Zach and and he was a, a little bit nervous and we were just like we were like his proud parents just cheering him on. And I remember how amazing the interview was in the moment. And then as we've gone back and read this transcript, I'm I'm just telling you, I was just so proud of our friend and so honored to know him. 
You know, my favorite part of the interview was Zach talking about his dependency on community. And every time I'm around Zach, I'm really challenged by how much he leans into his community. It's, it's a challenge for everybody, no matter what kind of thing you wrestle with or deal with, what kind of sorrow you've been through, what kind of joy you're going through. Zach always reminds me how important community is. And I see this man not only being a part of community, but fostering it for so many people in our church and in this city. He has been a great part of our community. Isn't it fun how sometimes he just randomly drops off like food for us? That's my favorite thing. Zach will randomly show up with like a bowl of tabbouleh or some crispy egg rolls that he made. And our kids just think it's totally normal for Zach to show up at any time. We love that. One of my favorite things, I mean, I have like 17 favorite things about this interview, but one of them was when Zach talked about how Jesus really, truly just wants his obedience over anything. And I remember feeling that was so heavy in that moment for Zach talking about that. And then I realized that is the Christian faith. That is our whole life, is that Jesus wants our obedience over everything. Today's show was mixed and mastered by the team at Podshaper. The music was created for the show by Matt Graham. And On the Other Side is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. We are your hosts, and you can find us both on Instagram. I am at AaronIvyATX. And I'm at Jamie Ivy, and you can follow the show on Instagram as well at On the Other Side Pod. In fact, if you want to stay up with all things On the Other Side, text O T O S to five five four four four.